you know, to be able to keep spiritual momentum going. And I think we have some spiritual momentum at the moment. We, we've got to stay close to God. We've got to stay close to the Word. And I'm actually very encouraged that we, we only have four verses left in Colossians. But everything that is said in those four verses really just applies directly to what we've heard in these last minutes. And how to follow God and stay close to Him. And so, let's get into Colossians. Chapter 4 and verse 2. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Being watchful in it with thanksgiving. So Paul's coming to the end now, and he's really getting to those things that heavy on his heart. He's got to get it out before he finishes this letter. He goes on to these greetings. And there it is, this whole concept of prayer. Brothers and sisters, I am so convinced we are not going to move forward in anything spiritually unless we abide in Christ. And he says that so clearly. If you abide in me, my word abides in you. You can ask anything. You can go out. You're going to be people who are going to be bearing fruit. And too often we get caught up in doing the tasks. If I can just create another program or do another Christian thing or whatever it is, but the key that God is talking about is we go back and we abide in Him. And as we draw close to Him and His Word, His Holy Spirit actually overflows out of us and that creates the fruit. If we try to do it on our own, it's not going to last. And so here he's given us this challenge that we go in prayer. Prayer is something that we can do in so many different ways. Prayer is something you can go into your closet and pray by yourself. Prayer is also something that we do corporately when we pray together here or in your home groups. But there's also another kind of prayer. And that's that prayer of God's presence with us 24-7. One of the people that has influenced me was a priest from about 1690. And his name was Brother Lawrence. And he wrote some letters that were put into a book called Practicing the presence of God. You know what his job was? He worked in the kitchen. Over 15 years in the kitchen, either preparing food, washing dishes, whatever. And in the midst of his just duties, God was with him in such a special way that when the order said, well, it's time for for the people in the monastery to go ahead and have a retreat, he said, why? Why? Because God is with me in the kitchen. I'm talking to God every second in the kitchen. Every bit of my work that I'm doing for everybody else, God is in the midst of that. I am never separated. And so I think Paul is giving us that continue steadfastly in prayer that we will become people who are like that. Who we have this sense that It's not just here on Friday or in a home group or even in our prayer closet. But every second of every day, there is this sense of God's power and presence with us 
that will impact everyone around us and impact our own lives. He says here two other things with this prayer. One is he says to be watchful. And the other thing he says is thanksgiving. And that watchfulness, I think, is a real challenge for us. Have this picture of of an old fortress, and you have the wall, and you have a watchman standing there, and he's looking out for danger. And if danger comes, he sounds the alarm. And so when we think about our prayer, we need to be watchful for ourselves. And so when a thought comes into my mind, or something that is negative, or I have a lack of peace, as a watchman, I ask God, why? What's going on? If I have negative feelings towards this person, why is that happening, God? And I'm watchful in it, and then I take it to God in prayer. I'm watchful for my spouse, for our kids. We're watchful in the context of this church, in the context of your home group. Do you see what it means to be watchful? Having our spiritual antennas up to see where God is working, what he's doing. If we see somebody who is in need, I've been in meetings where somebody has walked into a meeting and here was a lady pouring out her heart, weeping with tears running down her face, and he never even noticed. But when we have our spiritual antennas up and we're looking to see what God is doing and we are watchmen on the wall, we take the information we have directly to Almighty God for responses that are happening right at that moment. And part of being able to keep our spiritual momentum is that we remain to be people who are thankful people. Thankful people. All throughout the book of Colossians, Paul is reminding them to be thankful. Remember, this is someone under house arrest in prison. In chapter 1, verse 3, be thankful for the people around you. In 1... Verse 12, thankful to God for the inheritance we have. In chapter 2, verse 6, thanksgiving for Christ and his presence in our lives. Chapter 3, verse 15, thankful in response to God's kingdom of peace and his body. Chapter 3, verse 16, thankful for God's word and for fellowship. Verse 17, thankful for each opportunity to serve Christ in word and deed over and over and over again, this sense of thanksgiving. And that is a tremendous habit for us to be forming. You get up in the morning, be thankful for the sky, for the clouds. Be thankful for your family. Be thankful that you had a place to sleep. Be thankful for... You see that sense of thankfulness. Too often, people in the Christian community, they're they're negative and they're sour. I remember Chuck Swindle saying one time, he said, it's like some Christians, when they were baptized, they were baptized in lemon juice. And they just came up sour and negative. And the world is just dark. And yet, we have all these things in Christ. So he goes on in verse 3. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. And again, here is this concept, this theme of prayer, but I love it, that here is the Apostle Paul. And what is he requesting of new baby believers? Would you pray for me? 
that's what he's saying. Would you join and pray for me and for that ministry? And I'm also very challenged for Paul in the situation that he was in when it comes to have them pray something. If you were in prison, what would you be praying? I would probably say, could you just pray I get out of here? Could you pray that my life would get easier? I mean, for Paul, he may even be thinking something like he wants to go to Spain eventually. And he can't, while he's in this prison, pray that I get out. I mean, that sounds spiritual. He doesn't do any of that. He says, where I am right now in this situation, give me an open door. An open door for that gospel to go out, no matter who's listening, no matter who's around, because when God opens that door and that truth of the gospel goes out, lives are changed. Pray for him that he makes it clear. That he makes it clear. The good news, the gospel. We have been in Colossians looking at the gospel. We gave this out early on, been talking it through, and I would like to just cover it one more time. I hope you have this on your fridge. I hope you have it on your coffee tables and that it is something that we keep going back to that that is the core, that is the center. And here we have this incredible picture of darkness. All of us trapped in the sin, chained by sin, unable to move. And the list of things that we used to walk in, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk, lies. All of that was our world. And then the Lord Jesus Christ, who is described in Colossians as the sustainer and creator of the universe, the beginning, he is the head of the church. He is the very image of God himself. The Lord Jesus Christ who came down. And how we studied that Unless there is the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so the Lord Jesus Christ had to go on the cross. His blood had to be shed. And God took the wrath that you and I deserve because of our sin, and he put it on Jesus instead. That was God's grace and love and justice and righteousness intersecting. In his justice, he had to punish sin. And in his grace, he didn't do it to us. He did it to Christ. And so, through the cross, we have been transferred from this dominion of darkness. We've been delivered. He has redeemed us. He's forgiven us. He's qualified us to be part of his family. He has reconciled us to be one with the living God. And so, we're in the kingdom of light. He has moved us. And in this kingdom of light, God looks at us, covered through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, as holy, blameless, above reproach, reconciled to him. That is the the incredible good news. And of course, our job in that, to continue to be stable, steadfast, not shifting. All of these things, the central core message of what that gospel is all about revealed to us right here 
in Colossians. You know, several of you in your sharing, you talked about God working with you, God working in you, God working through you. This is it. (laughs) This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way that God has designed it. And yeah, I am so glad that we take time and we can celebrate this. Because we know we're sinners. We know we fail. We know we mess up. But we also know that God does miracles through us. And that God touches people's lives through us. And that when we see open doors and we walk through those, God is using us. And we see this partnership that that Paul is talking to this group of believers about. He wants them partnering with him, with God the Father, for the sake of the world. Doing it through their prayers and doing it through the gospel that we have talked about. Who are we in Christ? Part of this family, part of this kingdom. Several places in in the New Testament where God is revealed how he thinks of us in his plan. In 2 Corinthians 5, he says, Therefore, you and I, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. In 1 Corinthians 3.9, he says, we, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. 2 Corinthians 2.15, we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You know, that's exactly what some of you were sharing when you had your meetings, when Bud had his meeting and Brian had his meeting, and how what did people see in them? They saw something attractive. What they saw was that aroma of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit living in them, it's this way it's supposed to be. And it's exciting. That's the fun part. Seeing God work. In Ephesians 2.10 it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Brothers and sisters, that's who we are. Ambassadors for the living God. And that when we get up in the morning and we sense to go out into the world, knowing that Almighty God and the power of the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us in ways that can just blow our minds. In ways that we thought that we would never, ever be used. He goes on in Colossians 4 and verse 5. He says, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making... The best use of the time. The best use of the time. I hope there's a sense for all of us of urgency. How many days has God given you to be on this earth? What will you do with the days that you have? What is on God's heart for this city? What is on God's heart for the camps that we heard about? Walk in wisdom, he says. That word wisdom is Sophia. 
It's a knowledge which makes possible skillful activity. Uh, the Cambridge Dictionary defines it this way, and I like the way it says it. Wisdom, it's the ability to use your knowledge and experience to make good decisions and judgments. So for us, as believers and followers in the Lord Jesus Christ, wisdom, it's that ability where we take the knowledge, God's truth that he has poured out for us to have and to understand and to know, and the fullness of that Holy Spirit through the experience that we have in God. And we take that knowledge and that presence of God and we apply it in the situations that come to us every day. That's walking in wisdom, making good decisions, good judgments, because we have this presence of the Word, the presence of of the Holy Spirit in every situation and relationship. This theme of wisdom, like thankfulness, goes all the way through Colossians. In Colossians 1.9, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. You want to pray for one another in this church? Pray that prayer. That that kind of wisdom, full understanding of us, will just... Uh, go all the way through our body so that we can be that light to those that are around us. Colossians 1.28, him we proclaim. Paul's great statement of proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom, using what we know from the Word and from the Holy Spirit's guidance together that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Finally, in verse 6, Colossians 4.6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Let our speech always be gracious. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ came and he was described as being full of grace and truth. And you think about it. We need both of those when we communicate with people. See, if we communicate with people and it's only grace, it becomes mush. You can't just write things off. There's forgiveness and mercy and love in grace. We saw that in the Lord Jesus Christ with the woman caught in adultery. Remember that. They came, they threw her down in front of him. And they wanted to stone her. And he said to them, you who, has, who is without sin, you can throw the first stone. Of course, they all left. And here is the grace and the mercy and the compassion of Christ. And he turns to the woman, he says, where are they? Do they condemn you? She said, no, I don't condemn you either. There's his grace. (laughs) But he was also with truth. And he said to her, you have sinned. He says, go and sin no more. That's the truth. And that's how we need to relate to one another, with truth. But that truth comes out in grace. 
And when we do that, we actually will be building one another up. We don't let things slide. We say the truth. We say what needs to happen. But we also say in that grace is that I'll walk with you through it, whatever that is. He gives us these things. Well, the other remaining verses in Colossians, we actually started with them uh, in the final greetings. So we won't go through those. But I would like to just end by praying for us the prayer that Paul prayed in Colossians chapter 1. And while I'm praying, if, if Wendy and the team could come up, I've asked them to sing a special song that sums up Colossians. And then they'll lead us also into a last time of worship together. But if you could just join me as a stand together as we pray this prayer. Father God, for our family, for our body here, Lord, we ask that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that we can walk in a manner worthy of you, Father, fully pleasing to you that we would be bearing fruit in every good work, and that we would be increasing in the knowledge of you, O God. Lord, would you strengthen us with all power, according to your glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, and always giving thanks to you, Father. We thank you that you have qualified us, and that we are sharing in the inheritance of the saints in light. Thank you that you have taken us from that domain of darkness. You've transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, in whom we have the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for the cross and the salvation and the freedom and the joy that we have as we stand here today because of what the Lord Jesus did for us. And we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.